0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 94 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam, I'm joined by Dave for the 94th time.
1: Yeah, this is a pretty good record going. Yeah man,
0: 94-0,
1: we've never been defeated. (laughs) (laughs) Both showed up. What's up, how are you? Good. Went to Tennessee earlier in the week, saw some friends, drove all night to come back home. That's the worst. Yes, it did was you, the worst, but it was a good way to do it. Did you drive the whole time? I did drive the whole time. Oh, Chivalry's not dead, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but I absolutely crashed at about 8 o'clock last night. So, <laughs> uh,
0: Future reference, crash is not the appropriate term to use when referring to car trips.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad I, you're back safe. Asleep, so.
1: yeah. And it was cold there, just like it seems like it was cold everywhere. Yeah. We just didn't get the blizzard that the rest of the
2: well that the northeast got. They always get blizzards. Yeah, but it's like a week away from the official
0: start of spring. You know, whatever. Global warming's not real, Dave. I mean, come on. We all know that's the truth. <laughs> also, the world is flat. But anyways, I want to uh forewarn listeners, I have a cold. So if I sound silly, it's because there's a gremlin living in
2: my throat. I haven't named him yet. I can't quite decide. (laughs) I kind of want to call him Humperdink.
0: Like, you know, from Princess Bride. I think you can do that. So I can go,
2: Humperdink, Humperdink, Humperdink.
0: That really hurt. I should. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dave.
2: You have something important to tell us. Why don't you do so? I do. So, excited to say
1: that the very first issue of Faithfully Magazine arrived in my mailbox earlier in the week. So we would encourage all of our lit- listeners to go and check out Faithfully Magazine. You can do so at faithfullymagazine.com. And Really, the purpose, the um, audience behind this magazine is Christians of Color. But I will tell you this, I have already found it extremely beneficial Uh, myself. I particularly enjoyed the uh, article on the church and slavery, a very convicting uh, perspective on that there. And then there are a whole bunch of other... I mean, this is like a... It's got some good... It's not a thin... I uh, can't think of the word I was looking for, but... No, it's got some girth to it. Got some girth to it. So please check it out. Um, in addition to that, uh, we are fortunate enough to be in there with an ad for the Masterclass and Super Megacorp. So if you check out page 40... Once you go to uh, faithfullymagazine.org or .com uh, and check out the first issue, you can see our ad in there as well. But more than just our ad being in there, this is a very, I think, worthwhile cause um, giving voice to uh, Christians of color and as a dad of a black child, I am continuing to oh, learn more and more about what I don't know. And uh, the paradigm, the lens through which I view the world is constantly being challenged and changed and um, just being just that realization of um, my little narrow view of the world is not all that exists of the world. And so uh, I highly encourage everybody to check this out. And just appreciate, thank you, the opportunity to uh, have a half page in there talking about or pointing people to the master class. So,
0: yeah, it's really weird to see it in print. I just saw it for the first time before I started recording. It's
1: pretty neat. Yeah. And we're hoping that some of you have found us because of that. And if you're here because of that, welcome. And thanks for checking us out.
0: Indeed. If you want to say hi on Twitter, you can. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Great way to meet new people, you know? Through magazines. Who knew? (laughs) Print is not dead, Dave. No, print is definitely not dead. I would... Maybe we should quit podcasting and write a magazine. I'm sure it's just as easy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally kidding. Totally kidding. I'm sure they have worked their... uh, Appropriate word entered here off... Um, to get this up and going. Uh, they did a Kickstarter project, which is how you found them. Yes. Yep. And even getting that funded is a massive amount of work. Yeah. And then to actually then go through and write and edit and, you know, build the team and lay it out and, you know, quadruple check it for typos and all that stuff. Lots and lots and lots of work. So kudos to faithfully magazine for getting their project funded And getting their project uh, started and uh, wish them the best and super cool that we got to be part of the first episode or first, uh, sorry, (laughs) issue. First issue and uh, glad that, you know, we can work together uh, in different ways, but towards the same common goal of of, uh, getting people to openly discuss God, the Bible, Jesus, culture, religion, all that sort of stuff, politics. Yes. Very cool.
1: Yeah, and I was very excited to get this, this copy in the mail. And I just can't even imagine <laughs> what it would be like to be the person that put this together and be like, ah, I've got this concrete, you know, something tangible for all my work and all my efforts. So good job. Way to go. Very cool. Yeah,
0: we just get digital files we can't even hold. No, I know. <laughs> I can't even print them off. So sad. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that. I feel like we should move on. That'll work. All right. We are still in Matthew 26. Yes. And we're getting close to the climax of the story. So, Dave, would you do us the honor, sir, and read our passage for today's episode?
1: Sure. We're at uh, Matthew 26. We're going to do verses thirty through 46 and basically jesus the first part is jesus foretells peter's denial and then we have the jesus praise in gethsemane and well we'll just jump in and discuss so here we go and when they had sung a hymn they went out to the mount of olives then jesus said to them you will all fall away because of me this night For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, And he said to his disciples, "Sit here while I go over there and pray." And talking, and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, "My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me." And going a little farther, he fell on his face, face and prayed, saying, "My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will." And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter. So, you could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at
2: hand. All right, thank you, sir. Welcome. <sighs> All right, let's jump in here. So, we're fresh off the heels
0: of the Lord's Supper. So, he's already, you know, we've found out that Judas is going to. Um, betray him, they do the Lord's Supper anyways, then he tells Peter that he's gonna deny him, and then Jesus prays with them anyways or tries to at least and um I think one of the
2: most noticeable things to me about this is um Jesus's insistence
0: on staying the course with these people even though he knows they're all going to bail. Yes. And I find that very interesting. Even though he is asking God, you know, if
2: there's any other way, let's do that. I mean, if I have to, I will, but if there's any other way,
0: so even in the face of, you know, everything that he's facing, we see him wrestling with it, but we see him being, uh, steadfast and true to his disciples even though he knows they're all going to you know rat uh, scatter like roaches i guess is the word
2: yeah or the phrase and i just wonder what that tells us about him this um so the garden of gethsemane for me, has always just really um, demonstrated jesus' humanity and um, uh just this you know
1: just this this agony that he's experiencing and just uh wrestling
2: with god and Um, this desire. Um. Well,
1: he doesn't want. I mean, he doesn't want to drink the cup, quote unquote. Um. If it can be taken away from him, he wants it taken away from him.
2: And then, just even like, kind of what you're talking about. It's there's this. You know,
1: when he's talking to Peter and his denial of him. There's this divinity piece of, I know you're going to betray me three times before, you know, he just, but
2: then in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, there is this, even just his response to his disciples. And I, I really just don't, I don't want to minimize this. But his response to them
1: is like, I mean, you know, he says, so you could not watch with me one hour. I mean, he just seems so annoyed in that. Uh, So frustrated. And, you know, I just think about in those moments where um, I'm stressed out, I'm consumed with something, and just how short I can get with people. And I feel like we're seeing that with
2: Jesus. I could be completely off base on this. Um, Well, I think, I mean, I think you're certainly right that it's possible that he was
0: getting frustrated or um, anxious or, or whatnot. But um, I also think too, it's like the realization for him of, okay, this is
2: happening. Mm -hmm. Like this, this is,
0: you know, in the, at the at the end of the uh, passage, you know, he says, "You know, um, rise, let us go." My betrayer, my betrayer is at hand, and yeah, I think it's part of it's partly annoyance, it's partly frustration, it's partly anxiety, it's partly anticipating the pain that's coming, and realizing that he has in you know every situation with these people done good by them mm-hmm. and taught them and led them and.
2: You know, opened their eyes to the truth, and at the very end, they're all sleeping. You know, that's just got to be heart wrenching. You know. Yes. Um. Another thing that just kind of stands out to me, kind of a random
1: thought here, is um, and I don't know who said this. I don't know when it was said, but I remember hearing that by adding God, if it's your will to the end of our prayers, that that was a bit of a cop out that like we should pray with boldness. We should claim what we know to be true and and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, um, here's Jesus in the defining moment of why he came not wanting it. I mean, he doesn't want it. I mean, he, he's like praying God, Uh, Let the the cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as
2: you will. And I think there is that, um, there's just a surrender here. And
1: again, I don't know what my hangup is on this, but I I just, I sense in this, this surrender, it is truly the human flesh side of Jesus that is surrendering. And it's not this, divine moment completely of, well, he knows what the good's going to come and all that kind of stuff. I just think he is fully in that just, um, I don't want to do this, but God, I surrender to your will. And for me, it's, it's just one of those um, illustrations of the relationship that exists between Jesus and the Father and truly uh, Jesus submitting to the father's will while he is fully man and he is fully God. And I don't know, to to me there's just so much going on here that I just can't, we can't
2: even begin to comprehend it. Uh, But this is truly one of those moments where I'm like,
1: I, I, I believe that Jesus understands what we go through much more than we probably even can understand uh, because of this experience that's happening right here. I would be
2: interested to know where you heard that. Yeah. I, I really don't remember. It seems,
0: I mean, out of context, it seems like a name it and claim it thing. It seems like a control thing both of which are the opposite of of surrendering mm-hmm. to
2: God's will. So yeah, very interesting. Um I want to focus
0: yeah on the on the prayer section mm-hmm. uh of this passage. Um So what I also find uh interesting is that he brings them with him.
2: But then goes off by himself to pray. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I Seems didn't... like a interesting uh move there. And I'm not sure like
0: I get that he's having this very, you know, personal and very um troubling discussion with God. Um, but he tells his friends, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death, but you stay here and, and watch. Will I go over here and pray by myself? And I feel
2: like, I don't know what I feel. It just seems like perhaps he could have opened up to them about it. You know, I don't know what was really going on there. I, you know, I, to me, they're just, again,
1: as we've talked about, um, I just don't think they understood everything that was going to be happen. And while there's things that are written in scripture that you know obviously indicate that Jesus has has shown them that he must must die and all that kind of stuff, I I'm guessing as they're sitting there in the garden, they just are not carrying the weight and the burden that that Jesus is with all of that. Oh no, I mean they're out cold. Uh,
2: the other thing I, you know, in this is that, um, while we're seeing, uh, Jesus in agony, grief, um, a weakness where he's asking this cup to pass from him, he never sins.
1: Like, this this moment of just, God, I don't want to go through with this. Sin
2: never enters into the picture. And uh, I think, you know, uh, he has the ability to have his eyes on God in the way that we don't. That
1: if he wasn't in the relationship that he was, not... Not so much who he was. I truly think there's the relationship is, is, is paramount to what's going on here. And his obedience to that relationship,
2: um, the rest of us would probably have failed miserably. That's an interesting thought.
0: I think it's really easy for us to be like, well, he's Jesus. He's perfect. So of course he's not going to sin and, and not really put the focus on the relationship that he has with God, uh, which I think is a great point. Um, And is again, to me, one of those answers that like doesn't help because it's not practical, but makes all the sense in the world. You know, how, how do I have a better relationship with God or not even that? How do I be a good Christian? How do I become a better Christian? Read your Bible, pray every day, spend time with God, right? Yeah. What does Jesus do when we see him? He's teaching. He is spending time with widows and orphans. He goes off by himself multiple times to pray. He is in the scriptures as a rabbi. He knows him, you know, back and forth. And so you're right. We see here that in his moment of greatest uh, turmoil, he turns to God. He doesn't turn, maybe that's why he turns to God, not his friends. Uh, yeah. You know, he chooses God over, you know, his friends, over uh, running away, over trying to control the situation, over, you know, just getting wasted because, oh, I have problems. I'm just going to drink them away. Yeah. In his moment of turmoil, he turns to the thing that he trusts the most, which I think what we all do, but I would venture to say for most of us, it's not God that we would turn to. Probably not, no. So I guess I've never really thought of it that way before in that he, in his moment of greatest need, is going to the, the one thing he trusts the most, and that would be God. And that's because of the strength of their relationship. And mm-hmm. I think that is a great, you know, why does it matter today what Jesus did?
2: <laughs>
0: this is a great example of why it matters today what Jesus did. Yes. He is
2: showing us how a human could act in a situation of great stress, turmoil, anxiety,
0: is, is just turning and going and being with God and not doing 95 other things that we could do to try and handle the situation. But throwing our trust and literally our lives into,
2: you know, God's will. Much easier said than done, but uh, yeah. I find it to be a great um
0: example and also, you know, just yet another swift kick in the pants. Yes.
1: Yeah, and, and I think truly there it is a um being honest with God and being honest with ourselves about how we're, we're feeling, I, you know, God's going to meet us where we're at and he knows how we're feeling. So we don't have to sugarcoat it. We don't have to pretend. We don't have to, you know, put on a brave face for God. I mean, he wants us when we are in those moments of God, take this from me, change it. This is not the what the way I would do it. And again, it, it <laughs> the prosperity, the health and wealth gospel. It's just like, it's not in there. I mean, this is his own son. Again, the pinnacle of, of why I personally, why I believe he came and I think it's central to the Christian faith. I don't think this is just my, I mean, this is why he came. We're leading up to that moment of, um,
2: you know, dying on the cross and, um, I thought he came just to be a good teacher, Dave.
1: <laughs> Some would would think. Gotta that. get that
0: good parking spot, you know?
1: Yes. Um so uh another that's that's come to my mind is uh Paul and his thorn in the flesh, which is in Second Corinthians twelve. And
2: um I don't even remember where exactly I would want to begin this. Uh at the beginning, duh. <laughs> All right. Sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> I I guess I'll just um because I think he says three times, right? So twelve seven
1: is where I'm gonna start. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations a thorn was giving me in the flesh. A messenger of Satan to uh, harass me to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardship,
2: persecutions, calamities, for I am weak, then I am strong. And uh so here's here's Paul going to God saying, Take this from me. Uh we don't really ever know what Paul's thorn in the flesh is. Um a lot of
1: speculation, I suppose, on that. Uh, How
2: funny it would be if it was actually a thorn that he just
1: couldn't get out. <laughs> no, guys, it really was. It was a thorn. Oh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs>
0: who knew? Who saw? Who knew <laughs> that you could be so
1: literal, Paul? Jeez. But the thing in that is verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And... As I think about myself, and I think about the way I do life, um, the way I do Christianity, the way I uh, exist in this world, boy, I don't like to admit my weaknesses. I don't like to admit my vulnerability. I don't like to uh, operate from that um, perspective. I like to present this image that I have my together, and that I do everything the way I should, and, uh, the reality is, is that it's just not me, um, and it's hard for me to admit that I'm not as strong as I like to believe I am, especially when it comes to being a husband, uh, to being a dad, and, uh, how I Interact with my family and provide for my family.
2: Um, Yeah, I don't like to admit my weakness. And here's Jesus and Paul, two men, far more significant in the whole human story that have that ability that I don't. Yeah, well, get in line, buddy. (laughs) All right, how's your how's your throat doing? I honestly I think
1: I'm beginning to get a head cold. <laughs> I didn't do it, I swear. <laughs> we were not kissing before the podcast. <laughs> oh, David. <laughs> what am I going to do with you? I don't know.
0: All right. Anyways, uh the hours is at hand. Son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So casual. There he is. Here comes my betrayer. Ahoy, over yonder comes my <laughs> betrayer. Yeah, it's...
2: It just... Oh, man. It just seems way too casual. For the weight of... What's about to happen? and i just i am jealous at this at this point of of Jesus's ability to chill. And I'm a pretty chill guy. That is true. I'm excitable when, you know, cool things happen, but I'm generally pretty
0: pretty chill and here Jesus is, you know, about to get handed over to a mob Mm -hmm. intent on killing him. And he's just like, all right, let's get up here. They are. Oh, by the way, did I mention that he was one of the disciples? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand
1: how he's so relaxed. Uh,
2: You know, I just, I had this like, uh, thought of just, maybe it's not a bad thing to be vulnerable before God. But then in the
1: moment of what we're called to do, to kind of have that, you know, I just, I've just i just wrestled with this. I've just been totally vulnerable and honest with God. Now it's time for me to put on that brave face. And it has its time and its place.
2: You know, that it's not always about, um, I don't know, having your act together or a
1: facade, but truly this, okay, I've been vulnerable, I let it go, he's not taking it away, I'm good to go.
0: Yeah, and I think inherent in that is an incredible trust that God is good. Yeah. Because if God isn't good, or if God is fickle or vindictive or... um unjust, then trusting him doesn't make any sense. And so I, I think we see here, you're right, Jesus presenting his, his you know, um, desires to God, God not budging, and then Jesus saying, okay, I trust you, even though this is going to be really brutal and not cool, um, I trust in your goodness, I trust in your justice. I trust in your um, ability to do what is right. That I'm just gonna roll with it, and I think that is incredibly indicative of a
2: rock solid relationship, and I think reflects incredibly well upon the character of God. Because
0: how would it reflect on God if his son was like, nah, JK, and just like lightning bolts everyone and then takes over, you know? <laughs> I'm assuming he can shoot lightning bolts out of his fingertips like Emperor Palpatine. I would say he could
1: if he needed to, yes.
0: That's a fun party trick. <laughs> um, But, you know, he obviously he doesn't, and he
2: continues on. And does what he does not want to do. And then, um, you know, the rest is history, as they say. So he went with Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Sons of Zebedee. Andrew? No? James and John, right? Is it James and John? I don't know. No, it's not like,
1: you know, I have a degree in this or anything.
0: Let me ask the internet. Sons of Zebedee. Sons of Thunder. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, James and John.
1: Okay. Boom. Because that's his inner three. James, John, and
2: Peter. Petros, yes.
1: Okay, so. I
2: said it in Greek. Doesn't that make me sound cool? <laughs>
1: Did you say, what'd you say? Petros. Okay. That's it means rock, but it's also Peter. It's also a Christian rock. Band. Petra.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, why did you bring them up?
1: I don't know. I have no idea where I'm going with. Going in season. the show notes. <sighs> yes.
0: I went to school with Petra's guitarist kid. Oh, really? Super interesting.
1: Really? That's the nice way of putting it. <laughs> So, um, I know what I was going. So, we have Peter, James, and John.
2: Uh, Gospels were written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What an interesting thing to write about. Because if they were not there... I just think about that. I've just had this like
1: kind of vision of just uh, Peter talking about this and conveying it to the others, because this would be a very humbling just time for uh, all three of them. But I think Peter in particular,
2: I think Peter had to eat a lot of crow. Yeah. After all this. I like Peter though. He's a, I wish I was more like Peter.
1: I wish I was willing to put myself out there and then kind of go, okay, <laughs> maybe not.
2: Just kidding. Uh, and then, so that was, I, I don't know, just kind of a interesting
1: thought for me of just, you know, the author that the person that wrote this was not there when this happened. So it clearly had to be conveyed by the three that were there.
2: well, They were all in the garden and then he took them away, took them a little further away. Yeah.
0: So they were like the
2: outer rim. Now, obviously, Luke wasn't there because he wasn't a disciple, but. Yeah, he was a
0: very, very good journalist. Got all those sources and then mentioned them in his text.
1: I think everybody copied him. (laughs) Oh, you think Luke was the first gospel? I don't know. I've, I, yeah. It was probably Mark. Well, I know it was probably Mark. I, I've always felt like it was Luke, but that's like. Well, I mean, we were all
0: there, so we can totally know for sure. Yes. Yay, textual criticism! (laughs) God, do not miss those classes. Holy cow!
1: (laughs) The Jesus seminar. Those yahoos. All right, so we have Peter making three requests and getting his answer. And then I mentioned Paul getting his three requests and then kind of getting an answer. Is there something magical about making three requests? And if we've made our three requests, that's all we get. And-
0: yeah. I've never seen the Latin. You
1: get three <laughs> wishes, man.
2: 10,000 years give you such a crick in the neck. Yes. Great big power.
1: Little <laughs> Living space. <laughs> Whatever it was. I can't remember. <laughs>
0: totally butchered that yeah it's okay
1: so it um (laughs) (laughs) uh, truthfully is there is there something magical about making three request or request or something biblical or something holy about making three requests and if we don't get an answer after three
2: requests we're done i don't know I mean, there's three people in the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't really have to do with granting wishes. No. I don't know, Dave. Maybe that's something that we can ask our listeners to write in about.
0: If they want to do that, how could they?
1: They can email us at hello at net. They can reach us on Twitter. You are at Cam Brennan. Mm-hmm. I'm at David J. Hoag. Middle initial
2: sounds so professional.
1: Yes. It's 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 either David J. Hoag or Dave Hogue. It's one or the other.
0: Well, it's... You
1: either have the David with the J.
0: Oh, you can't just be David Hoag? Then
1: it's... Yeah, or it's Dave. Oh. <laughs> Very well, then. Uh, so... What well, was there? Was there another way they can reach us? I can't remember what. I've... I mean, they can go to Patreon if they want. They could do that.
0: Patreon dot com slash supermegacorp. That's you know, that's a it's a it's a cool way for us to give you guys uh, fun rewards, and then you guys can give
2: us small amounts of money. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, my brain is, like, shutting down big time right now. (laughs) All right. This whole not being able
0: to breathe thing. Apparently your brain needs oxygen. Who knew? Who knew? Um, But, yeah. Uh, Do you have any other closing thoughts, sir? Uh, I
1: think that's it. Uh, Yeah, I think that's all I got for tonight.
0: All right, this was a bumpy one, guys. Sorry. (laughs) Please forgive us. We'll be back next time. See you later. And hopefully we'll both be healthy. Yes. Bye. Bye.